You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Bringing you the best GPS mapping software directly to your smartphone or desktop, Onyx offers you the ability to see property boundaries, mark waypoints, track your location, and so much more. Visit onyxmaps.com or you can download it directly from your app store today. Save 20% off of your purchase by using the code NATION20 at checkout. That's capital N NATION followed by the number 20. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. All right, so it wouldn't be complete. Uh, We're still here. We're still here. I don't know how many podcasts this is going to create, this whole NWTF Is this a record number of recordings? We recorded five podcasts yesterday. Um, Beyond what? Every single one of them was something about Habitat. When we originally started, remember like the first podcast that we created? I think we were trying to do like three or four in a day so we could could create some and then, you know, dump a bunch. Yeah. I mean, we're talking one, two, three, and four. Sure. And we were like drained at the end of that day and now it's like oh yeah we recorded five yesterday yeah it's boom 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 knock them guests. out guests usually yes. take more out of you because you're you have to be a little bit more professional you have to be a little bit more sure. on your toes but i'm making that. sure that you don't have the awkward yeah, we silence. tune each other out all the time but here you have to pay attention you know? I, I i feel the red carpet you know that you guys have rolled out for me so Good. i appreciate awesome. that i can I can tell that uh, it would be very exhausting for you to have guests regularly. <laughs> <laughs> There's prep work for yeah. those podcasts. But why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Well, I am uh, Justin Adams with Pure Air Natives. I think I've been on the show 112 times now. <laughs> so, you know, rack Numerous. them up. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's, it's, it was kind of silly for an introduction. They just recognize your voice by now, actually. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I haven't had anybody walk up to me in person and recognize me from the podcast. So, um, <laughs> you know, but one day. Well, it's hard to get your face recognized through an airwave. But that's it. right. Um, you know, the, th- the one thing. Justin Adams, Pure Air Natives. Not sure if you caught it over the loud, obnoxious guy who's over the PA <laughs> right. system all the time. I think he has yeah. been. He's, he's made. He's just wanting to be in the podcast with us here. And but by him, okay. you mean the, the guy on yeah, the PA system, yeah, not me. Yes. No, I, I no. haven't been poking my head in here. I've, no. I've actually been working a little bit. I don't bit. know where he's at, but I can assure you he feels the glares. <laughs> yeah, yes, I believe he does. Uh, The most inopportune times 
it yeah. seems. And Chad tried to chime in over there, but he stepped in and I didn't record him. We're already recording. <laughs> so he's he thought he was part of it, but he's really not. not yet. He's got now, the headset he's on all, and everything. Right, but you don't keep that controller plugged yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, right. Exactly. That's yeah, it. you're doing a great job, buddy. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Oh right. man. So, um gosh, we've we've done a lot of podcasts. We've talked a lot about habitat from Arkansas to what NWTF's doing in the energy world, working with large energy corporations and businesses, uh, as well as NWTF research over the years. Um, and then talking brooding, brood, rearing turkeys, yep. brood and rearing success, yeah, and nest success or nest research. So we've covered a lot of different things. Uh, but Justin, Pure Air Natives, one of the great companies we work with, and what new products do you guys have coming out this year? <laughs> new product? That's a great question. You know, every year we try and uh, bring some new products out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, I can't keep that going. Yeah, uh, that that's as as much salesman as you can get. We're talking native plants, right? Right. It's like, uh, well, you know, I, yeah, yeah. We didn't create anything. I, I, it was already done. Right. I mean, I don't know how many times I've I've said that this weekend is is um, nothing we have is new or innovative or uh, extreme or any of that other marketing buzzword crap you're gonna. Is hear it gonna be guaranteed? Stuff. Is it going to be guaranteed? Yeah, we're going to we're going to have a lifetime guarantee on it, and, and you know, I mean, uh, get your money native, back. Native you're not plants, satisfied. <laughs> right? Yeah, native plants have been growing for thousands of years. We are able to harvest them, clean them, propagate them, uh, get the seed tested, and sell it on a large scale. But there's nothing different from you or me or anybody else going out into that field and and collecting some seed and you know, sowing that seed and having something grow. Now, are you going to be able to collect enough for yourself to do an acre or two acres or five acres? And know that Highly that doubtful. is a, a, already a pure live seed that's sure. going to yeah, germinate right. Right. well. Right. Um, yeah. You know, there's so there's something to that. There's there's a lot going on there, and there's a lot of expertise behind what we do that doesn't necessarily show up. But right. new products, no. I mean, we've got the, the same inventory Mother Nature's been providing for, <laughs> for thousands of years. But right? honestly, at the same time, with that being said, that's so refreshing from someone who's planted it, like as a consumer, to know that I'm not getting like tricked or fooled or anything. Like this stuff works. This is what's out there. This is what the wildlife are relying on day in and day out. It's not like it's like, hey, here's something new. Let me try it and see what happens. It's time tested. It's, <laughs> right, right. We've, it's natural. We've been through the beta testing with these new products <laughs> yeah. and, and everything's worked the out. The last okay. thousand years. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we just want to introduce you. One thing you guys might have new, like in the past, we did some blends with you guys. So it was new blends. It was kind of th- blends specifically for certain applications, sure. like an edge feathering blend or a buffer edge um, or you know, uh, a prairie restoration, things like that. Um, you know, looking ahead, this is a time of the year where there's a lot of seed going on the ground or going in the ground with natives. On and in, yes. Yes, on and in, depending on the site, uh, depending on the application, but yes. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, there's been this change where people are starting to talk more about natives. They're starting to, Lord, I hope, get it. Um, right. 
there's a lot of people in the yard and landscaping world that are starting to go native. But what do you think? Um, do you feel like people are starting to transition into more natives, or do you think that it's uh, still we've still got a lot of ground to go? Well, I think both. Uh, there, there are a lot of people starting to, if they're not transitioning, they're, they're having the conversations, right? So that's, that's the first part of it because it's not, it's not as easy as grab some seed and go sow it, right? You, you can't just broadcast your seed or drill it in the ground. There is some prep that has to be done, and with that is a learning curve. So you've, you've got to start off by having the conversation. And those conversations are happening more often, and we're talking to more knowledgeable people. They've found resources. They've found um, specific examples um, and different things that they they might be looking for specific to their planting site. So those conversations are happening, but we've got a long way to go. Uh, You know, I don't know that we'll ever uh, get back to something where, you know, we have more native grasses and prairies and, and native plants than we do turf grass out there. I mean, sure. that's just a, yeah. a beast that uh, I think in our lifetime anyway, we'll, we'll still be fighting that fight. But, um, you know, those people are starting to show up a little bit more. They're starting to be more vocal. They're starting to uh, use their experiences as examples for other people. We talked to some folks yeah. today that have convert, converted their entire yard, backyard, and working on their front yard to natives. And wow, uh, they've awesome. done that. They did that about six, seven years ago, and since then, they said it was a little bit of fight with their neighbors, but after three or four years, the neighbors have really come to enjoy the backyard, and in fact, they have their kids come over, and they kind of walk them through the area and, and show them what's well, there. Cool. So they're trying to bring that to the front, but front of house is always different than back of house. There's <laughs> always this, you know, you always got a few more neighbors yeah. and a few more people seeing it, so, um, but, but those those people are becoming more vocal and they're starting to share that passion with other people. So it's starting to spread. Um, but we just, we just need to keep, keep going. I saw pre-show real quick. We were discussing the, how the message or the conversations that we're having with people about natives and planting natives and making sure, you know, their, their importance on the landscape, that conversation in the last two years has changed from just our time here at the show. Sure. So kind of real quickly, Break that back down for people as how are those conversations changed with the amount of education that's out there talking about natives? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, a few years ago we were here at NWTF and we then there's a lot of people that come through the doors. Yeah. Um, and in the beginning there was a lot of uh, uh, question and understanding of trying to figure out what natives are and trying to figure out what we do. And two years now, further down the road, in this past weekend, we've had a lot of conversations where people are coming to us knowing or familiar with pollinator plantings or familiar with the concept, and they want to know more about how to do it and how to install and how to, you know, the specifics of it. They want to be um, reassured that what they're kind of thinking about doing is something that um, they can handle and they can understand. And I, and I think that goes, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that... Um, you know, that comes from a lot of different sources, right? Mm-hmm. The, the NRCS is doing a lot of great programs yep. with their cost share stuff. Uh, Quail Forever, Pheasant Forever, NWTF, you guys in this podcast talk a lot about natives and diversity. Right. There's a lot of different voices people can find in different areas. So it's starting to spread and we're a seeing a similar that. message. It seems as if it was like a why two years ago, but now it's like, okay, how do I do that? Right. I don't, you don't need to convince me anymore that I, I need it and that's necessary. How do I implement this? Right. Which is a great thing. Yeah, it's great, and that that shows that the 
uh, the tides are turning a little bit from from some of those guys that promote a lot of uh, different things that are are uh, a little single minded. Sure, absolutely. You know, you know what's what's awesome is like we sit down with Steve Barlow, and he's talking about trying to build the world's biggest food plot, which is just lots of right of ways being turned into native food plots. Right. Um, so he's working specifically on right of ways and pipelines, gas lines, power sure. lines, all that stuff. Then you go, we can hop over to QDMA and listen to Dr. Craig Harper, and he's trying to get people to, to do early secessional plant communities and make old fields and, at the same time, thin forest. And, and because we produce more acorns, then you hop over and talk to Mike Chamberlain and listen yep. to him and Brett uh, Collier talk about uh, the needing to cut forests and burn and burn and burn and disturb and and uh, it's like everyone is there's a lot of people in the research world preaching the same thing right and here's here's what's funny there's a lot of people in the research world a lot of people in the government world a lot of people in the um, the uh, non-government side the NGOs who are all preaching the same message but when it comes to like uh, product wise it's like no, there's not that message, right? But right. but what's going to make that biggest impact in the implementation of all these different things for game species is the native, yeah, the, is restoring or Thin managing and timber, prescribed fire natives restoring. Yeah, we we had that discussion with Brett Collier out of LSU about what is good habitat and. And he was like, what is good habitat in our world, in our part of the world? And he's like, well, a mosaic of open grasslands going into forests that are still productive going into, and it's like, yeah, that's good habitat. But I don't remember you endorsing any products in that. So how am I going to accomplish good habitat without the products? (laughs) Right, exactly. So, you know, you're not on, man. You're just playing with a controller that don't work. Yep. And he's gone. He tried to chime in. Yeah. But I Chad's going to go get a Now that we're already recording, yeah, you can't I can't plug can't him back it in. in um, so. No, it, it is. It's it's all these different voices, right? And, and they've been preaching it, but they've got their circles. Everybody's yeah. got their circles of followers, of fans, and listeners, and yeah. employees, and all that. Mm-hmm. And the conversation starts crossing boundaries when those people on the outskirts of those circles start having conversations with somebody else. And then things start to blend and, and meld together. Now, from a product standpoint, we're not seeing that yet. It's, that's not yeah. infiltrated the, the mass hunting world and community world, right? There's still there's, there's some fringe companies and some people that do some of that stuff. But there's still companies out there handing out stuff that we've seen oh, that yeah. are attempting <laughs> to make... Yeah, uh, you know, maybe maybe in their minds they're um, you know they're they're trying to do the good thing and the right thing, but um, by doing the the actions that they're taking are not necessarily supported by science, sure, or uh, you know biology or ecology or any of those other things. And um, we need to continue to push that conversation, and, like handing and bring out non-native trees is what we're talking e- about, exactly. Yeah, to be planted on the landscape when when in reality what we've talked about and, and learned from science this weekend is that more trees actually just need to be harvested and removed and added sunlight. Right. So, so the, the especially a, a non-native tree. Sure, you know, we, absolutely. We, that, that, that's effort and time and energy uh, wasted where we're not going to have, we don't need to make that right. conceded effort, right? That, that's just wasted. Um, and, and, you know, on top of that, too, um, 
I'll even go so far as to say even native trees. Just because you Correct. have a native Correct. tree doesn't yeah. mean it should be planted there. Or you know, yeah. you maybe have the best of intentions, but you put something in the wrong spot, and it's not going to thrive there. It may not even sure. survive there a few years down the road. Ah, look, it's working fine. It's great. And then three years down the road, it's just kind of stunted, and, and yep. then it ends up, ends up dying because you put the wrong thing in the wrong spot. And that's where the ecology and the biology and, and the, the – uh, the education comes in, the science comes in with what we do. And, it, you know, some of these people out here at the booth that were handing out non-native trees, I would hope they have the science, but you'd think if they're handing out those kinds of trees, they don't have the science behind what they're doing. <laughs> well, it's, they're a state agency. Yeah. And if anybody's at the NWTF show, they're going to know who we're talking about. Right. We talked about it last year, but doggone it, they're doing it again this year. And I'm even more fired up about <laughs> That's it. That's crazy, right? Well, well, yeah, well she, you, almost, she, you almost brought one uh, up. Yeah, yeah, so I was telling him, I said, we stopped by that booth, and, and I was just like, please tell me. They, were a little, they look a little different this year, not nearly as many big leaves. Mm-hmm. They've been stacked in there. Maybe it's because we're on the last day of the show and they're a little smashed. And she goes, sir, would you like a tree? And I went, what kind of tree is it? And she goes, a sawtooth oak. And I went, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and she laughed like she knew, oh, that guy. That, he, that, he, yeah. Right. Yeah, that we guy. We were pretty close to them last year. Yeah. yeah. We were yeah. pretty close to them. So. For some conversation. Yeah, that's yeah. But it's, it's kind of like, let's, let's think about it like this. If you're running a business or you're trying to make like financial decisions, you look at the numbers to tell you what to do. The numbers don't lie, right? Right. And that's what makes you ma- uh, make the decisions to buy, purchase, whatever, in a business. Sure. When you're managing a property, you're managing land, you look at the science to tell you what to do, what not to do. And it doesn't lie. It, right. it, it is what it is. Historical data and, and what you're putting in. And yeah. you guys preach about it all the time, you know, web soil survey and looking at that and understanding, you know, you may want to do this, but what does the land tell you you can do? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and then go with that. Go with a variation of that. Yep. You don't need, um, you know... Uh, non-native noxious weeds from you know asia and africa to to do something just there's a lot of other options that work with the land and that's what we're all trying to do absolutely i'll say if if there was like a co-op of two to three thousand acres that were all just i'm 100 percent on native restoration it would be hard pressed within any region of the country to probably find a more dynamic wildlife populations game animals within outside of that unit let's say if they were just a a a co-op that focused solely on that and that was their where their time was devoted it's like you you're not gonna be able to compete that i don't Uh, care where you're at who you are what neighbor you got what cool stuff you're working with like that's gonna be what's gonna have the biggest impact well you know a a balanced a balanced habitat is going to provide that everything that animals need year-round not three months out of the year or five months or six months. It's a year-round food, shelter, water, support, cover, everything you need. And and that's what is missing from a lot of what we um, do as hunters and outdoorsmen on a wide scale, uh, nationwide, you know, footprint. You know, I, I, I told you guys this a little bit. I've always liked to ask people that have planted any type of, uh, um, you know, quarter acre or larger size uh, native planting native herbaceous plants, uh, uh, grasses and wildflowers. And I always ask, what is about it that you've experienced now that it's been established that you're surprised or you're shocked and most impressed by? And everyone always comments about the wildlife. It's yeah. 
the wildlife has increased exponentially that they didn't expect. And, and I, I, I spoke with one gentleman yesterday who was able to tell me specifically how many different species of songbirds he's seen That's cool. in his two-acre planting. And he said he and – and it was converted over from row crops okay. about five years ago. And he said last year he saw 73 different species of birds, and he's over 85 this year, I believe, in species of wow. birds. Wow. In just this small – converted area that had absolutely no benefit on a large scale to wildlife before he converted it when it was row crops and now he says pretty impressive the the songbirds and he said it's alive the 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 area is alive with activity regularly and then i talked to another person and he said um he planted a much larger area i think it was 30 acres of, of crp and pollinators years ago um and he said the amount of deer that has been in the, and he's in some pretty nice area in north central Missouri. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, it's already pretty nice deer country out there. And he said his neighbors are jealous. You know, everybody's jealous because he said the amount of deer that they see and the activity that they have is exponentially grown compared to what it was. And that's the thing is when you provide these native plants for the native animals, everything gets better. I love it. It's simple, <laughs> it's, it really <laughs> it, it, is. I told it him really, pre-show, Matt, really before is. you got down here. I said, yeah. "We're gonna we're working on a on a on a video on a on a video uh, infomercial. So if you're up at middle of the night or whatever, you might see right. it coming out probably next year. Sure, um, but it'll be break out my mullet wig. Nice, yeah, yeah. cool. For nineteen ninety nine, you guys can have this miracle weed or this miracle plant that grows big bucks. And you just list out all the amazing things about this plant." And you post pictures, but you never say. You just say. You just call it the wildlife amazing, right? Jaw amazing wildlife plant. weed. Yeah, and plant. Don't say weed. Plant. Lo and behold, and, and yeah, lo and yeah, behold, yeah. it's just common ragweed. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Oh man, and flying but off the. Shelves. Anyway, Justin, thanks for jumping on again and uh, joining us here at this busy, busy, loud, obnoxious. Um, very busy today. Very busy. Man, you know? It's, it's um, only obnoxious when you're trying to record, and the, and the, I think there's a speaker hanging over our head, it seems like. But um, anyway. Yeah, that may be Chad lurking around. <laughs> yeah. He's like, <laughs> how come you won't plug me in? I'm sorry, Chad. Um, no, I, I, thanks for thanks for taking the time out to uh, chat with me a little bit, and I'm glad you guys got to experience the mad craziness of a, the uh, Saturday-only yeah. NWTF. I mean, we, we were here Thursday and Friday, but – the the single weekend day event I think brought everyone out. Yes, it did. It so, sure did. It's still still going strong. Back Look at them all. Yeah.